My name is Lindy, and welcome to Life in Pieces. This is a podcast that takes an autobiographical view on my life and the little pieces that many may not know. Thank you again to all my listeners and supporters. I have received so much positive feedback from these episodes, and I have made connections with old friends, made some new friends. It just warms my heart to know uh, that this podcast is reaching people that may benefit from my story and experiences. First things first, I do want to put a little bit of a content warning out there, not for anything necessarily explicit, but this episode does contain criticism of the Mormon church. As I promised in previous episodes, I said I would warn people in case they didn't want to listen to that type of content. But this this will contain my critique of BYU as well as the church in general. So let me tell you, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. First of all, uh, I did take a break from recording last week because of my anniversary. Celebrated two years with my love. And although celebrating had to happen in new ways due to COVID-19, we made the best of it. Sadly, last week I also fractured my ankle. It's a tiny small avulsion fracture in my left ankle. Uh, Super annoying. I will be in a boot for a couple of weeks and then a smaller brace for two more after that and then likely some physical therapy. So I've got a little bit of a long road ahead of me in terms of recovery. Of course, the other big thing going on right now, aside from the continued worsening of the pandemic, which it is getting worse, uh, but today as I'm sitting here recording, it is Saturday, November 7th. And when I left to go record this episode, we still don't have the results of the presidential election. And I am exhausted from the drawn-out process. But with that, I will say I am grateful that they are counting all the votes. But man, it's Saturday. All this started on Election Day Tuesday. It's been a long week. Before I dive into this week's topic, I wanted to circle back around to my last episode that focused on my sexuality. My girlfriend and I were driving to a weekend getaway a few weeks ago, which... Let me tell you, during COVID-19, relaxing getaways are hard, to say the least. But right before we left, I had just published that last episode, and we agreed that she could listen to it in the car while we were driving. She has said that she tries to listen to these episodes uh, as if she didn't know me, to put herself in a place of not knowing anything about me, really. And, you know... With that being said, she has made it a very valid point that in my last episode, by description only, it definitely sounded like I would identify as a lesbian, not a, not necessarily a bisexual. But to clarify, as I did get this comment from a couple other people as well, but to clarify, I do consider myself a bisexual. I am attracted to both men and women. Since my last episode, though, did focus on my sexuality as it relates to the Mormon church, I did mainly primarily focus on the same gender attraction piece, which, to someone who doesn't know me at all, may allude to me simply only being attracted to women. But that is not the case. I do consider myself bisexual. So, setting the the record straight. (laughs) Get it? Anyway. All right. Okay, with that out of the way, let's dive in. I mentioned during my last episode that I would be doing a full episode on my time and experiences at BYU, 
And to be honest, it probably will be a multi-episode topic as I spent over three years there and a lot of experiences were had, both good and bad. But since I teased it in the last episode, I thought I would get the ball rolling. This will be the first of at least three episodes I will do on this topic. BYU. I feel like it's pretty well known, but it stands for Brigham Young University. If you don't know, the church has three different BYU campuses. There's the one in Provo, Utah, which is where I went. There is one in Rexburg, Idaho, which I know several people that graduated from, but my sister is included. And then there's also BYU-Hawaii, which had I been a wiser person, I would have chosen that option. But alas, I did end up on the main campus, which is in Provo, Utah. And Provo is located about an hour south of Salt Lake City. Uh, It's a place that is most definitely a university town. Uh, It's probably a city at this point. I don't know what to call it. But most of its residents are students. And the streets in the majority of the city are lined with student housing apartments and houses. There is a saying that it's a town of newlyweds or nearly deads. And you're probably laughing at that, but it's very true. It's full of a lot of young married couples, as well as a lot of older couples who have just settled there, who have been there for years. So I'm not going to attempt the research here, but I'm... I'm guessing Provo has got to be at least 95% Mormon. Those who live there that are not active members of the church or never were members of the church, I can't even imagine how it would feel on a day-to-day basis to live there. The place more or less shuts down every Sundays. Most stores are closed. Streets are quiet. If you see people out walking, you know, if say it's during the summer or fall, um, anytime it's not snowing, really. Um, if you see people out walking, it's usually walking to church on Sundays. There's not a whole lot of activity outside. And in recent visits to see friends in Utah, um, I have driven down to Provo and have, the place has just exploded. It's growing like crazy, new housing and new businesses everywhere. I mean, when I lived there, it was busy. But when I've gone back to visit, like, holy crap, it's just insanely busy construction everywhere. They're putting in new transportation lines, people everywhere. You can feel the traffic has just gotten worse. It sucks. Like, it just, it's insanely, insanely busy. I used to try to make it down to Provo every time I went to visit Utah, and now I just dread it because it's just way too busy. I transferred to BYU uh, technically as a junior. I had done over two years at a local state university and then transferred halfway through my third year. But because of the whole transfer process, I ended up back at a freshman level uh, because of this, the school ended up putting most of my credits that I had transferred in there as electives and not credit towards you know similar courses in order to satisfy those gen ed classes. So I, sound, I found myself retaking a lot of courses like math and science. I also had to take a lot of religious courses because they are required for everyone that goes to BYU. And... So I had a lot of work to do, academically speaking. I felt like I was starting over. And I had transferred out there as an accounting major, which I soon learned at BYU was a whole different ballgame. Their accounting program is rated as one of the best in the country, or at least it was at the time. Not sure where they are officially ranking now, but 
I realized I was not meant for this career path. The first few classes I took were statistics, calculus, bad choices as a way to start out um, at a new university. And I nearly failed all my classes my first semester. It set a pace for what I was sure to be an academically rough education. I didn't think I was going to be good enough to cut it. And it, it was tough. It was tough, but I did eventually find my stride academically. But one of the many things that makes BYU unique is something called the honor code. And I went to the university's website because I didn't want to paraphrase this. I didn't want to be caught misquoting what the honor code is. But let me go through, based off of what it says on the school's own website, what the honor code is. So from the university's website, this is what it says. Brigham Young University and other church educational system institutions exist to provide an education and an atmosphere consistent with the ideals and principles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The atmosphere is created and preserved by a community of faculty, administration, staff, and students who voluntarily commit to conduct their lives in accordance with the principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ and who strive to maintain the highest standards in their personal conduct regarding honor, integrity, morality, and consideration of others. So I'm going to skip down to the actual bits and pieces of this. The parts of the honor code are, to be honest, live a chaste and virtuous life, including abstaining from any sexual relations outside of marriage between a man and a woman, respect others, including the avoidance of profane and vulgar language, Obey the law and follow campus policies. Abstain from alcoholic beverages, tobacco, tea, coffee, vaping, and substance abuse. Participate regularly in church services, required only of church members. And it says that in parentheses. Observe Brigham Young University's dress and grooming standards. And encourage others in their commitment to comply with the honor code. Now there's a lot there and I'll go through that a little bit by bit. But... Let's just say, let, you know, this honor code is widely talked about, whether you go to BYU or not. It's pretty, it's pretty well known from people I've talked to, whether they went there or not. In fact, people I told that I went to BYU, they're like, did you have to follow the honor code? Yes, that is a requirement. So there's not just a lot to unpack there, not just in the policy, like in the policy itself, there's a lot, but also in the experiences I had. And just so you have a clear picture, here's what the dress and grooming standards are that it mentioned. So for men, it calls for a clean and well cared for appearance. Clothing is inappropriate when it is sleeveless, revealing, or form-fitting. Shorts must be knee length or longer. Hairstyles should be clean and neat, avoiding extreme styles or colors, and trimmed above the collar, leaving the ear uncovered. Sideburns should not extend below the earlobe or onto the cheek. If worn, mustaches should be neatly trimmed and may not extend beyond or below the corners of the mouth. Men are expected to be clean-shaven. Beards are not acceptable. Earrings and other body piercings are not acceptable. For women, a clean and well-cared-for appearance should be maintained. Clothing is inappropriate when it is sleeveless, strapless, backless, or revealing has slits above the knee, or is form-fitting. Dresses, skirts, and shorts 
must be knee length or longer. Hairstyles should be clean and neat, avoiding extremes in styles or colors. Excessive ear piercings, more than one per ear, and all other body piercing are not acceptable. Ugh, so much going on there. And before you ask, yes, no beards are allowed for the men. And this whole thing is about control. These rules are more strict than a dress code in high school or even an employer. It just, it's crazy to me the amount of rules I followed and I did agree to these. Anyway, let's go back to the men for just a second. So it specifically says men are expected to be clean shaven, beards are not acceptable. If for some reason somebody needs a beard, say they've got a lot of facial issues with maybe they've got a skin issue and the beard helps cover it up, they have to have what would be called a beard card, which is basically allowing them to have a beard when no one else on campus can. I know that existed when I went there, whether that is still a thing or not, I don't know, but I probably should just stick this in here. All of my interpretation of this is based off of what was going on when I was at BYU. It's possible some of this has changed, but I did pull this these, this honor code and dress and grooming standard policies directly from the school's website as it is, as it stands today. So in that regard, yes, beards are still not acceptable for men, no earrings or other body piercings at all. I am actually surprised that this doesn't specifically state no tattoos, but I have three tattoos and I guarantee I would have ran into a problem had I had these prior to going to the going to BYU, even if I was a convert. In fact, you kind of stick out like a sore thumb if you have tattoos, you go to BYU, and say you were a convert to the church, you weren't raised that way, so you got these tattoos before you got into the church. People see them and they it, it's a mark. It, it makes people judge you, whether they understand where you came from or not. Okay, for the women, yes. Anything revealing is bad. Anything that shows too much skin is bad. Slits above the knee. Anything form-fitting. Everything a woman wears must be to the knee, must be knee length or longer, basically. Not, my hair currently is black and red. Um, I love it, but this hairstyle wouldn't be allowed at BYU at all, even though I have received nothing but positive compliments from people on my hair. It would not have been allowed. Okay, so that's dress and grooming, but let's go back to the main part of the honor code. So, be honest. Okay, yeah, makes sense. I'm not going to even get into that one because that is just a good principle to have. Live a chaste and virtuous life, including abstaining from any sexual relations outside of marriage between a man and a woman. Notice how it specifically states between a man and a woman. I could have you know, it could have stopped without specifically, you know, stating man and woman. It could have just said not doing anything sexual outside of marriage. But no, it must specify the homophobia. So also respecting others, including the avoidance of profane and vulgar language. Obey the law and follow campus policies. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to debate that. Following the law is good. Following other campus policies is good. Respecting others is good. The main thing that sticks out to me here is the profane and vulgar language. And you may have, you may rem uh, remember when I mentioned that I wasn't allowed to use, you know, any swear words. 
that's where this comes from. You know, the church really hammers home that you're not supposed to use any of those four-letter, you know, swear words, which in order to keep this episode from being labeled explicit, I'm not going to say them. But profane and vulgar language. So moving on. Abstain from alcoholic beverages, tobacco, tea, coffee, vaping, and substance abuse. Again, like I've talked about before, the church doesn't allow consumption of alcohol, coffee, tea, and use of tobacco or other illegal substances. And I feel like this has changed slightly since I attended, as I am pretty confident it used to say specifically no caffeinated beverages, which would include soda or pop, you know, depending on what you call it, what part of the country you're in. Uh, So, you know, that would also include things such as Coke and Pepsi products. And from talking to friends and others that I know, uh, it sounds like they may have started to allow caffeine on campus, minus coffee. Coffee's still not a thing. It used to be when I attended that you could not find any caffeine on campus. You could find caffeine-free Diet Coke, um, but you couldn't find any regular or Diet Cola anywhere. And it does sound like that may have changed a little bit. For a time, I did work at the concession stand of university sporting events, and the looks we would get from visiting people asking for a beer or even just a Diet Coke or a regular Pepsi or something along those lines, we didn't have it. It was not stocked. You couldn't find it anywhere on campus. And I rem- I will remember some of those looks. I still remember some of those looks, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. All right, moving on. So participate regularly in church services. Um, it does say required only of church members. And... Believe it or not, there are people who go to BYU that are not Mormon. It's very, it's a very tiny percentage. I couldn't tell you what the percentage is, but from my knowledge, it's mostly international students looking to take part in some of the unique programs BYU has, such as their ballroom dancing program, um, as well as just wanting a really good education. But in general, very few non-Mormon people will attend BYU. It's very isolating if you do. You stand out like a sore thumb. But if you are like most of the student population, you are required to attend church meetings and they take attendance. It's known if you're not there, so you better have a pretty dang good excuse if you are not there. Uh, This one, this next one, observe Brigham Young University's dress and grooming standards, which I've already touched on that one and kind of gone into the details of what those dress and grooming standards are. And then encourage others in their commitment to comply with the honor code. And so let's just... uh, be clear here, they encourage people to report others who do not follow the honor code like they should, or say they have a bad day or slip up, even if it's not intentional. Um, They actually encourage you to report people um, that violate the honor code, and there is an honor code office at BYU, so they have people specifically dedicated to this. But it does feel, it makes people feel like crap. Um because not everyone is perfect and they expect perfection more or less. At least that's what it feels like. Okay. So following the honor code and agreeing to it's huge part and agreeing to it is, is a huge part of going to BYU. It, one of the other pieces is what they call the residential living standards. Like many other universities, they offer on-campus housing, which I never lived in because I was a transfer student. I didn't go in as a freshman. I think Most freshmen do opt to live on campus their first year. I think the main exception to that is if they live locally already and are just, you know, living with family. But 
Regardless of that, if you are single and attending BYU, if you don't have family in the area to live with, you have to live in BYU-approved housing and agree to abide by the rules that are, you know, that are set forth. So let's dig into that a bit. So first thing on the list, and I also pulled this from BYU's website, is sex-separated housing. All single students are required to live in sex-separated housing units. Brothers and sisters of the same family may live together in the same dwelling until, or same dwelling unit, provided there are no other single persons in the dwelling unit other than brothers and sisters of that immediate family. So right off the bat, you're segregated. Now, to be honest, I don't know if this is common or not in other universities. When I, the, the local university I went to before going to BYU, I lived at home. So I don't know if it's common at universities to separate by gender, um, but BYU definitely does. Now, for the conduct. Students are required to conduct themselves in a manner consistent with the honor code, including living a chaste and virtuous life, respecting others, and abstain from using a using or possessing alcoholic beverages, tobacco, tea, coffee, vaping, and substance abuse, both on and off the premises. Involvement with gambling, pornographic, erotic, indecent, or offensive material, obscene or indecent conduct or expressions, disorderly or disruptive conduct, or any other conduct or action inconsistent with the honor code or other applicable university policies. I have said it before and I will say it again. Control. It's about control. I feel like I could barely breathe half the time, even even though my time out at BYU wasn't me intentionally trying to defy authority or break rules. Very rarely did I do anything to try to break the honor code. But to say I didn't have a normal college experience would be an understatement and now you you might be able to see why but here's where it gets even more strict visitors of the opposite sex in visiting hours so visitors of the opposite sex are permitted in living rooms and kitchens but not in bedrooms or private hallways the use of bathroom areas by members of the opposite sex is not appropriate unless emergency or civility dictate otherwise and then only if the safety and privacy of other residents are not jeopardized. Visiting hours for all visitors may begin after 9 a.m. and extend until 12 o'clock midnight, at least on, um, and then Friday night, visiting hours may extend until 1.30 a.m. So bottom line, BYU and the whole church really is about control. I don't know how I survived the years I was there, but in many ways, I nearly didn't. I am just grateful I found a support system that I knew had my back, but it was a rough go. And I did have many roommates, some good, some bad. I, I am still friends with several of them. So don't take me, don't take it that I didn't like any of my roommates because I have some really good friends out of it. But I did have some that were not so great to me that did report me more than once for letting a guy friend use the bathroom. I had roommates that reported me for wearing shorts that were slightly too short. And it's not that I was even trying to disobey the rules, but at one point or another, they thought they were too short. They reported me. I really wasn't doing any of this on purpose. I wasn't trying to defy authority. Those of you who know me know that I'm pretty much a rule follower for better or for worse. And so I really was not trying to do anything on purpose. 
but no one is perfect and BYU expects perfection. At least that's how it felt from my point of view. If you talk to many who agree with these rules, they will often say, well, you don't have to go to BYU. You know what you're getting into. You agreed to follow these rules. And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to deny that true. I did sign the honor code. I did agree to follow the dress and grooming standards and the residential living standards. But the, the, the church also holds it over your head. For many young people in the church, it's, it's expected to go to BYU, especially if you have other family members that attended. And you can't go to BYU without agreeing to these rules and policies. So yeah, you have a choice, but do you really? Living with the honor code and all these other policies is something everyone who goes to BYU is expected to do. I wasn't perfect. I had my flaws. Especially as figuring out my sexuality became harder and harder, some of these rules and policies were extra tough and made me feel like I wasn't good enough and that I was broken. Even when not intentionally breaking rules, even when not doing anything to divide any kind of authority, I still found myself dealing with the honor code and the shame that goes along with it. Let me state this though. I am just fine the way I am. I do not need to change for anyone. Since leaving BYU, I have become free. I am more myself than I have ever been and I am grateful to friends and even family who've stood behind me as I have broken out of my shell and became myself. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Lindy. This is Life in Pieces. Until next time. Oh my gosh, everybody. So in the time that I left the house to go record this episode, and when I was listening back to my audio before leaving, I have discovered that Biden has officially been declared the next president, well, the president-elect, and that he is now officially over 270 electoral votes, making him the next president of the United States. And let me just tell you, I don't want to get super political. I did vote for Biden. That should not be a surprise to most people who know me, but I am excited. I am super excited. And I had to throw this in here because let me tell you what, yay. That's all.